You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hello, everyone. Happy April, and welcome back to the show. So in recent episodes, we've been digging a lot into the artwork development side of things, you know, how to find your style, weeding out your influences, building your world. And this is honestly what most of my personal attention goes to. It's what I'm most interested in. It's what I find most interesting. However, I thought it would be nice to balance things out in today's episode with a bit of a practical conversation. And this topic is something that came up in my small group program over the weekend, and I realized I hadn't actually talked about it on the podcast yet. So today we're going to talk about how to find your ideal collectors and essentially how to target them and, and get them to buy your work. Now, I know that some of us, depending on where we fall in the commercial to fine art scale or given our background, might like cringe a little bit at the sales piece. And I really, really understand that. However, if we want to sell our work, if we want to support our practice, we have to think about it. And if we're going to think about it, we might as well think about it strategically. So some things in this episode might feel a little bit business 101 if you have a background and an understanding in that. Um, But there are some things that are very specific to artists and art in particular that I think are important. And for some of you, this might be a much needed perspective to incorporate for the first time, especially if you're brand new to selling. Like if you just put up your Etsy or you just started posting on Instagram and you're learning how to photograph your work, you're, you're learning your way around all of that. This is a really, really important episode to listen to. So let's just dive right on in. Okay, so you've been making work, you've been putting it on your website, you're ready to bring in some dollar signs so you can keep making art. And the question is, where are the people who are gonna buy this? More specifically, who are my collectors and how do I find them? So first things first, before we get into any sort of strategy, we need to understand what we make. That might sound really obvious, um, but I think that especially in the beginning when we're just toiling away in the studio, we don't even really have a loose definition of our artwork or our style, or I guess another way to say it would be a description. And without having that, even though I know it can be really challenging and our work is changing all the time, but without having a good grasp on what we're even making, we have no shot of determining where it's best going to fit. And so if you haven't already done that, I would encourage you to do a little bit of writing. How would you describe your work? What is it about? What does it look like? And then from there, I challenge you to Dive into your vision for your work. Where do you see this work living once it's done being made in your home or in your studio? Is this best suited for like a big beachside home? Is it best suited for a doctor's office or a yoga studio? Is it best suited for somebody who is buying with the intention of like fleshing out the design of their space and home or a commercial office? Or is it best suited for somebody who is collecting art for the sake of being an art collector and just feeling connected with the work? So as you might already have guessed, there's a couple different kind of collectors that you might be wanting to connect with. One is the individual buyer, like 
the person who's going to buy your work and own it for themselves, probably in one of their own personal spaces or home. And the other is more of an establishment. And that establishment could be um, like a public place. It could be a gallery. It could be a commercial space like the yoga studios or the doctor's offices. Um, it could be an interior designer. We're going to like get a little bit more into that, but I think it's good to do brainstorming on both accounts. So let's talk with the individual collector first, assuming that that's somebody you want to sell to. It might not be, you might only want to sell to businesses and, or work with galleries, but for those of you wanting to sell to individual collectors, which I think is how a lot of us at least start, if not stay with that, because I think it's a really good way to go. We want to think about who this person is. What are they interested in? What do they care about in a piece of artwork? What are they looking for? What is their home space like? Given their lifestyle, their income streams, and their interests, where do you think they shop for artwork? I find it best when doing this exercise to just come up with one imaginary person who would be your absolute dream buyer. If you happen to know somebody who fits your ideal buyer, um, concept, (laughs) I find it's best to actually just interview them and ask them, what do they look for in a piece of art? Why have they bought the artwork that they have? Um, Yeah. And that's going to give you like the most accurate answers for building out this avatar as it is like technically called. Um, But if you don't know anybody, you know, personally, like the person that you would want to buy your work, you can just make it up, take your best guess. And then I want you to put that aside for a second And if you have an interest in having um, more of a like business or an establishment collector work, I want you to do some brainstorming around that. And for this, you can just think about the space itself. You know, do is it public parks and cities? Um, If it is a business, what kind of business? Um, Just do like as much as you can. And then I want you to think about the same things. What is the motivation for this business to have your artwork in their space? Um, And you can do the same for a gallery. Like, what is your artwork going to bring to their establishment? What are they looking for when they curate? If you're trying to target galleries, you want to think about the curator and the kind of work that they're interested in. A curator isn't a buyer specifically, obviously, but for the sake of this exercise, you could think of them in the same way. Like they have motivations. Galleries are also a business. That curator has taste. Um, And so thinking about what kind of gallery or curator is best going to be attracted to your work and then what they are looking for, what are they motivated by? And again, we want to think about how these curators or businesses are going about acquiring artwork. A lot of times, if you're wanting to get involved with a commercial space um, or even some like big fancy home, there's going to be a middleman like an interior designer or an art consultant. So that's something to keep in mind as well. If it's a curator that you're seeking, where are they finding new artists? Are they on Instagram? Are they going to art fairs? Are they meeting people through the artists that they already represent? You might not know the answers to these questions, and that's okay. Realizing that you have questions that you don't know the answer to is the first start, because then you can start doing some research. You might ask around. You might um, see if you can even do some sort of interview with a curator just to get some answers. You can dive into other podcasts. Um, It's okay if you don't know the answers to these questions, but even realizing what you don't know is going to help you so much. 
Okay, so we've kind of laid a bit of the background, right? We have a good grasp on what we make. We have a vision of where we would like to see it in the world. And we're getting a sense of who would be the best person to buy our work, given what we make, and or the establishments or like spaces, galleries, whatever, where our work would be a good fit. And of course, this fits in with like our goals and visions as well. You want it to be something that, yes, is a good fit for your work, but also sounds fun and exciting for you. Some people love getting to personally know the people who are buying their work and have those studio visits and connections with their buyers. Some people don't love or want that. So you have to take that into consideration as well. On a very personal note. I think that when it comes to anything, sales, income, and business, as it pertains to being an artist, your best strategy is to diversify. So if you can find at least like three distinct spaces or potential buyers that your work would be a good fit for, I think that is ideal. I think putting all of your eggs in one basket is fine for being goal-oriented and focused. But like as you move along your career, having multiple options and a little bit of flexibility with where your work can go and the way that you can make sales is only going to benefit you. So I would say maybe find three key objectives for where you would like your work to land. Okay, so now we have some vision. Next, let's talk about strategy. How are you going to A, find these people, B, bring them to you, um, and C, make a sale? So when it comes to like attracting or matching with our collectors, I find that there are two like kind of obvious routes, but I like to put them into these two buckets. The first one is what you're putting out, sitting behind your computer, you know, in your own space. What content are you showing and radiating radiating outward so that these people can find you. And when they find you, they go, aha, yes, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. That's category number one. Category number two, which should definitely come second because you're going to need the first one to progress to the second one, is you going out and reaching out and finding these people. So let's talk about the first piece. Okay, so this should be a little bit of an obvious leap between our exercises here. But in terms of the content you want to put out, go back to what you wrote down about your ideal collector. And again, ask yourself, what do they care about when it comes to buying art? Are they looking for something that's really affordable? That's going to, you know, like put a bright pop of color on their wall. And like they're not caring so much about originality or like, you know, the artist's past body of work, but they're really just approaching it from a design mindset or a decor mindset. If that's your ideal buyer, prints are probably going to do pretty well. If that's your ideal buyer, you definitely want to show your work in that way. You want to show your work maybe smaller sized, definitely probably framed in a home space because they want to be able to envision what it is they're buying and how it's going to meet what they're seeking. If your ideal buyer is somebody who really cares about the artwork and the meaning behind it, and they care that it's original, that it was a piece that took lots of time and they're willing to make an investment and they're wanting that because they feel good around it. It brings them joy. They're excited by original art. 
for this kind of buyer, you definitely want to show the quality of the piece. You want to make sure you're communicating like the materials that you use, the textures in the piece, the details that are bringing it to life, how long it took you, the thought process that went into it, like the sketches and the studies and um, everything it took you to create this like masterful work of art that's probably quite a bit more expensive than the first example because that's what this person is looking for. I think as artists, it's very easy to get stuck in our own perspective, right? Like we're making art based on what we care about, what we're interested in, and therefore we show the content that's honestly <laughs> probably like easiest to create. Um, and that's just like interesting to us. But what's really important with this like exercise and, and this quest of finding our buyers is that we go into the other person's shoes. Like we step out of ourselves and we approach our website or our Instagram as if we were this person looking to invest in a piece of work. What do we now care about and want to see? And I think when we do that, we can clearly see what's missing. Um, from our own content. And I can tell you right now, the number one thing that I usually see missing are photos in context. So if you do works on paper and they're supposed to be hung in a frame, or you imagine when somebody's going to buy them, they're going to be hung in a frame, you definitely want to show that. Um, I understand that getting photos of our work in frames is actually challenging because there's like a glare and it can be difficult. Um, so you can create digital mock-ups. There's tons of programs where you can just drag and drop um, into some like already rendered scene or frame or whatever. Um, Canvi is one. You can use Photoshop. Um, you can get stock photos online of like paintings on walls and in frames and just kind of like drop them in there. Uh, there's tons of ways to do it. You can take photos of your work in your own home. Um, you can also just get one frame that fits a size that you typically work in and take the glass out, like try and find a frame where that's possible and just photograph it that way. Anything is better than nothing because when we go to your website and all we see are these close-ups of works on paper and we can't see the scale, we can't see how they would look in a space, and we can't see how they're supposed to be hung, it makes it that much harder for somebody who is buying your work with the intention of, of like essentially decorating their space and filling their space. Um, it makes it hard for them to envision what they're supposed to do with this artwork. Now, if your buyer is somebody who's just collecting and they truly don't care about that as much, that might not be as important, but even still, that person is still going to want to hang that work in their space. So they're really going to want to see that too. Same thing applies if your goal is to have your work in restaurants or in a gallery space um, or any other business or establishment. We want to get photos that at least give us an idea of how it might operate in that kind of space. So for a gallery, this is actually pretty easy because they just want to see clean white walls. Like how is your work going to hang in, in their space, possibly in a show? Um, so that's actually, I think, the easiest one to get. For businesses or establishments, I mean, photos in your home are still fine. But if you know somebody who runs a business or, hey, bonus points, if you want to go make a connection with a local business that maybe you might want to hang some work in, um, go out and ask and see if you can like hang up a few works, like you'll decorate their space for the month or have an art show in their space for the month, just in exchange for the photos. Um, and then you can like put a little label with the work for sale. That's also just a good way to, that's 
kind of dual purpose because we're getting into the outreach part, but just talking about the photos part, that is so valuable if you don't already have that. If you really want to invest in this, there's spaces that you can rent by the hour. Like if you're like, I live in the darkest hole of an attic and there's no way I could take photos in here. Again, you can utilize the option for digital mock-ups. You could go to a friend's house if that's available to you. Or if you want to throw down a little bit of investment, there's a website that I will try and find and link in the show notes for you. (laughs) And I think it only... um, shows areas in major cities for the most part, but there's tons of homes and photo studios that you can rent by the hour. Um, like a lot of influencers use them for photo shoots. I think that's what they're for. Um, but you can go find a space that's beautifully decorated and well lit, which is the exact kind of space that you would love to see your work in. Go rent it out for the hour and photograph all your work in that space. Um, I think that's a really, really good option. Aside from photographs, we want to make sure that we're sharing the information that these potential businesses or collectors will care about, which I already touched on a little bit, but I really want to make sure to like make an actual point about it. Going back to your buyer's interests, you know, if they care about environmentalism and they're like a very outdoorsy person and your work is a perfect fit for that because your work is about um, the planet and nature and all this, we want to make sure that we're sharing behind the scenes content that's going to help that kind of buyer make more of a connection to your work. So for an example, let's say that you do very abstract paintings that are very like swirly blue and green, (laughs) totally just making this up. Um, and for you, that has deep meaning about your feelings around climate change. Okay. And so your ideal buyer is somebody who also cares about that, but they're not going to know that unless you talk about that and share that with them. So they're likely going to be attracted to your work aesthetically if they're your ideal buyer, you know, because it's going to fit in their very like mountain-esque home. But what's actually going to encourage them to pull out their wallet and make an investment in your work, especially if it's larger and more expensive and not just a print or small work on paper, is the connection that they feel with it. And that's going to come from the story you tell. I can't tell you how many people come to my work and they're like, oh, cool, pink, I love it. And then when they read what it's really about and like its connection to my childhood and my own experience and some of my traumas and Um, feelings of claustrophobia, when they make a connection with that story, it really takes it from something that is cool to look at on a wall to something that is so much more valuable to them. So the last thing I want to say about the content that you put out is it's really important for your buyers to understand that this thing that they're buying is a work of art that's individually made that took time that took years probably of practice, that took physical, tangible materials, or if it's digital, took um, skills and process. And again, time, especially because so much of us are using the internet to get our work out there, which is great. We really have to communicate that this is most often going to be a physical thing that they can own. The context photos will help with that, but also, again, we want to share the amount of time. We want to share the process. We want to share the materials. We want to share close-ups of the piece. 
without these things, our work can kind of stay in the realm of the digital in the minds of our buyers, if that makes sense. Like somebody might come to your website or your page and be like, wow, look at these amazing designs, but it won't go farther than that. They won't be able to view it as something they could buy and live with that potentially even has like texture and tangibility. Okay, so I think that covers our basis for the first category of the content that we're putting out there. Consider who your buyer is, whether it's an individual, an establishment, or a business. Consider what they're looking for and what matters to them when they're buying art and make sure that you're giving that to them and communicating it. And make sure you're communicating value and quality through your words and your images. Like Help these people envision where your work is best for and who it's best for through your own efforts. Okay, so that brings us to the second approach to finding and connecting with your ideal buyers, and that is doing outreach. So we want to do this first part first. We want to make sure when we go to our website, it has all the things we just mentioned, ditto with our social media. We have the photos, we have the words, we have the story. All that is on lock because when we do outreach, hopefully we are directing these people back to those places. I think outreach works especially well when we're targeting like a middleman, an establishment, or a business. I think when it comes to individual collectors, word of mouth and working on that first category is going to be more effective, but we're gonna talk about that in a second. Let's focus on establishments and businesses first. So we wanna go back to that original list that we made and see what are the places And do these places use a middle person to handle their design or their artwork acquiring? More likely than not, if it's a small business, like a small restaurant, a small owned coffee shop, a small yoga studio, sometimes those places will have designers or art consultants, but I'd say it's like a 50-50 shot that they're doing their own buying, designing, hiring for a mural, whatever. So those are places you can go reach out to individually. With smaller businesses, I think in-person can work. I think going in, if you're this kind of person, I'm not really, but if you are, it's to your advantage. If you're the type of person that can go in and kind of strike up a casual conversation, get on a familiar basis with the people that work there, and then one day kind of mention that you're an artist and you're looking to Um, show your artwork, I think that's a great way to go. With a lot of these places, I find it's easier to kind of get a show and hang your work for sale than it is to sell to them with this method. And so if you're just looking for your artwork to breathe, again, to get those photos in context, um, and just get out of the studio and practice showing your work a little bit, I think asking these establishments if you can hang some work for sale is a great way to go. That might not be the best way to make a direct sale to that business. I honestly think the best way to make a sale to a business is to find a business that isn't open yet, like they're in the process of designing the space, but really more often than not to connect with the designers and the art consultants who are helping with those spaces. So this is where doing a bit of research is gonna be in your favor. If there is a cafe in your area or a restaurant or a space where you're like, wow, my work would go really well with the design here, do some research about who did the artwork or the design, and that's the person you wanna reach out to. That's the person you wanna email. When it comes to emails, I believe in keeping them short, I believe in keeping them introductory, 
people are not going to respond to something that's super long. Honestly, just three to four lines is a good way to go with maybe two images attached or a short PDF with examples of your work and a link to your website. Like you don't want to send them a ton of stuff to look through, but just enough to kind of pique their interest and say, Hey, like if you ever have a project, I'd be a good fit for, I would love to work with you. This same approach I believe can be used with galleries. But again, I think the most important aspect to doing outreach is research. Because this is time consuming, and I know we all don't love doing it, we wanna make sure our efforts aren't wasted. So if you're gonna reach out to a designer, an art consultant, or a gallery, do your research. Do they show work like yours? Like if your work is super bright and colorful and abstract and funky, does that fit with their aesthetic? Does that fit with their taste? That's gonna be the most important thing for you to look at. When it comes to big corporations, like say, Vans or Nike, or I don't know why I'm only listing shoe companies. Um, I think a question we can often have is like, how do I work with those companies? How do I do a mural there or get them to acquire some of my artwork for their headquarters? Um, when I would, it's such a big company, I have no idea how to reach out to. I'm going to say, I've never personally reached out to companies like this. I have worked with them, but not through my own outreach. Um, But this is a question I had as well. And in the episode we had with um, Ladies Who Paint, we had a whole conversation about outreach for murals. And that was my question for them. Like, who the heck do you find in these big companies? And they said, it doesn't matter. Seriously, you could call the helpline or you could just like call the office and ask who handles it and you will be transferred to the right person. Ditto with email, like send an email to anybody you can find in the company and ask them to connect you. And through enough connections, hopefully you will find your way to the right person. In fact, usually you will. So I thought that was a great tip because I know that can be one of our biggest blocks when it comes to outreach is like, I don't know who the right person is to handle this. And according to them, it doesn't matter. And they have done a crap ton of murals at big companies. Okay, so there's obviously a lot of details we could go into when it comes to outreach. That's kind of a category in itself, but I think you get the general idea for the purposes of this conversation. Identify the spaces, identify the person, research the people who are the right fit, come to them with something that's going to be of mutual interest, i.e. it's beneficial for them as well. Um, and present why that is to them, and just make the connection. I find with outreach, there are often things that blossom over time and aren't best for immediate sales, but they do lead to sales in the long run, and so that's why you should do it now. Okay, so let's go back to uh, the individual collectors and buyers. How do we do outreach for them? I think that's a little bit um, more vague and complicated because we're likely not just going to send messages to totally random people who look like they have good style. Um, unless they're an influencer of some kind, in which case you could do that. And I have done that many years ago, and that's a good way to get photos of your work in their cool space. But I digress. For your average buyer, I think the best way to do outreach is through your newsletter. And this is doesn't totally qualify as outreach because they have to come onto your newsletter first. So this is really a combination of methods one and two, wherein you're putting out the proper content so that these people do find you. And then hopefully you're converting them to your newsletter. I know everybody asks, do I really need one? I don't want to do it. And I'm sorry to say, yes, you do need one because social media is so, so unreliable. And honestly, I wouldn't make half the sales that I make if it wasn't for my newsletter. That is just the truth. 
And so, yes, I recommend at some point you develop a newsletter and try and convert these people to it. And then from there, with your newsletter, you're essentially doing outreach in a sense to these people who have already said yes to being in your sphere. And this is the place where you will let them know about new collections, let them know what you're working on, communicate the value, and again, help them further a connection with your work and what you're making. I think this is also a good way to build trust. So much of getting people to make an investment with something they haven't seen in person, which is kind of a relatively new thing, right? Like buying art that's thousands of dollars online that you haven't seen in person. Not all collectors want to do that. And so I guess that's one thing to mention. Um, If you are wanting to connect with a certain kind of collector that loves art fairs and galleries and looking at work in person and that's what matters to them, you're probably going to want to find a way to be in those spaces. But if your ideal collector is somebody who likes to buy artwork online and, you know, you can have a mix of different kinds of people in there, the most important thing is facilitating trust with them. And so I think when people come to your newsletter and they see you releasing collection after collection, consistently making work... Um, seeing work in the people's homes who have bought your work, like they're understanding that you're a real business, the quality of your work can be trusted, um, and they're more likely to buy a piece with you. The other way to facilitate trust with collectors is you bring them in at a smaller piece. I've had that happen a lot. Like somebody will dip their toe in their water with a print or something that is $200 or less. They get it. They love it. And so they're like, I want to have this on a larger scale. They trust the quality because they've seen it and experienced it. And that is a good case for offering different price points. Also a different conversation, but worth mentioning. Okay, so the last thing I'll say in terms of connecting with collectors in more of an active sense, this is kind of like the bonus points section, is make sure that you are talking about what you do and sharing that you make art with new people that you meet or when you join a new community or activity or make new friends or go into a new group. I am not saying that you should pitch yourself and be like, yeah, I have this for sale. Come over. I mean, you could do that if that's your personality, but more it's just important for the people in your personal sphere to be aware of what you do. These people will be extra motivated to buy from you if they like your work, because not only will they have a connection with the aesthetic of your work and the content and the meaning of your work, but they have a connection with you as an artist and they want to support you. I have an open door policy at my studio and I'm very lucky to have a studio or a space where I can do this with people. But to anybody who's like, oh, that's so cool. I've always wanted to paint or um, I went to your Instagram and I saw your work. I always say like, come on by anytime. I love people that like come into the studio and see what I'm working on. Not because I'm going to try and sell them something, but A, it is valuable for me to have people come in and to just respond to the work. rather than me just being there in my own little world, I really enjoy that experience. And I find that that has a snowball effect. Like they're going to tell somebody they are going to keep you in mind next time they're going to buy a present for someone or need to fill a big space above their couch. Not everybody in your personal sphere is going to get what you do. In fact, maybe very few of them will. I know we've all had that experience as artists where you meet people and they're like, that's cool you make weird stuff. Like they just don't get it. I have that all the time, but like the couple people who do get it and who do have a connection to art have been some of my most valuable supporters and they have come from places I would have never expected. 
So I guess I'll kind of just end this conversation by saying no matter what you make, there is somebody out there who it is perfect for. In fact, there are probably many people for which it's perfect for, for it's the exact thing that they have been looking for that's going to light them up, that's going to speak to them and serve whatever art needs they have. This is what I have found to be so humbling about changing my style so much and honestly moving from a style of work that probably did fit better with um, a buyer who's like interior design motivated to somebody who's a little bit more like art collector motivated. I was scared to do that because I thought, well, you know, if my work isn't serving the purpose of being beautiful in somebody's home, like, will there be people who buy things that are weird and bright and funky and and maybe like hard to decorate with? Like, I know this isn't the case for everybody. And I think if you do make work that fits well with an uh, like an interior design um, perspective, that's just like all the more benefit to you. But I will say I was really nervous about that in changing my work. And I'm really happy to report that no matter what style I have gone through, there has been a person out there who has loved it and who it's landed with. And they have been different people. They are different, totally different people buying my work now than they were a couple years ago. Um, but I think that that just goes to show like no matter what you're making, there's somebody out there who, who it's for. And I think the best thing we can do for our sales and for those connections is to be really clear on the value of our work and be really clear on what it is bringing to that right person. The more you can do that, the better you can communicate it, the better you can identify the people who it's for and things will fall into place from there as you gain momentum. That momentum piece is also very important. So I hope that this was valuable to you. I hope you learned something. I hope you're inspired to go find your collectors and make more art and be excited about all the people that you could sell to so that you can keep supporting your practice. Um, let me know how it goes. If you found this episode helpful, I would love for you to share it on Instagram because that is how, um, this podcast finds its way to other artists like yourself. So be sure to tag us at art and magic podcast. If you want to keep up with what I'm doing, I am at Devin walls art. And if you would like to support the show, there's two main ways you can do that. One is over on Patreon. Yes, we are on Patreon. And when you join Patreon for $5 a month, you get access to the library of bonus episodes that cannot be heard anywhere else. And you also get early access to sales and collections and all that fun stuff too. Um, the other free way that you can support the show is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're on the app, just scroll down, hit the five stars and let people know why you like the show. So that is all I have in store for you today. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you next time. And until then, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.